Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your home News Radio 840 WHAS Good Sunday morning, Bob Sekolder And the Louisville Real Estate Show Here with you till the uh, top of the hour Hope you're having a good Sunday We're doing again our Zoom show Which means send me an email And uh, in the subject line put question Send it to Bob at WeSellLouisville.com, and in the body of the email, tell me what the question is, and we'll get it answered for you with our team, which includes today some great people. We've got great groups that come in to do our show, starting with Randy Rocky, Swan Financial. They do a great job of getting you pre-approved. How far down can you do a loan in, in credit score these days, Randy? Well, we can do a no score, but definitely can do them down to 580. 580 is is, is yes. very good for somebody who needs credit help. Uh, Randy at Swan Financial, 6450736. Also here, Chuck Crosby, the Crosby Law Offices. And you can reach Chuck anytime at 499-6360. You can choose the closing attorney you want to use. And Chuck is without question one of the best in the business. Chuck, you can get a loan closed from someone approaches you. You can get it closed how quickly? Well, it depends on whether it's cash or not. If it's cash, a couple of days. There you go. That's not bad in this world. Yeah. So let's start with uh, the, the top story. Fed making the announcement uh, this past Wednesday, rates, uh, short-term interest rates going up uh, 0.75 basis points. So, Randy, what is, how does that translate to the average person? What does that mean? Because these are short-term rates. How does it affect mortgage rates and what's happening uh nmls number 26362 i want to first of all thank you and your staff bob you uh you the experience on selling my home was absolutely phenomenal and and i cannot thank you enough for all your hard work and your staff incredible not a Uh, a problem uh back to rates Uh, uh the Short-term rates going up actually should stabilize long-term rates and keep us. You know, uh, we have uh, we have now we have a three-one adjustable arm. Uh, you know, marry your your house, not your mortgage. We have it at three and a half percent, three and a half percent APR, about three point six two. We just came out with this product, and it was a, yes, yes. Um, so uh, um, uh, five-one arms are four percent. So we're very excited about uh, APR 4.12. Uh, we're very excited about that. But what has happened in the 30-year fixed mortgage market is it stabilized it. And I think it will. I think, you know, we've gone up basically almost three points in the last 12 months. Uh, you know, we're in the high fives. So, and I think now with them, they're trying to control this inflation. And usually this is really attractive for bonds when short-term rates go up. Uh, they, they, they pour money into bonds, which helps the long-term interest rates. So I think we'll be hopefully for the foreseeable future, future, still in a great rate position, you know, under 6%. You know, it's such a confusing analogy and, and diagram of how short-term rates affect long-term rates and bond and stock market. (laughs) I wish we could see a schematic of it, but nonetheless, um, let's. Let's move on. We've got a lot of questions and this um, an update for you. Chuck, you and I have talked about uh, at length uh, a month and a half or so ago, heavy storms, neighbor's tree, uh, big tree limb fell, crushed my fence, right? So yeah. in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, well, I can take all my damages and send them to my neighbor and his insurance company will pay. 
So I got all the damages together and I talked to my insurance guy and he says, no, not so fast. You, unless you have sent a registered letter. So help us out here, Chuck. I have to send a, I'd have to have sent a registered letter saying, I'm worried about this tree coming down on my property. You need to do something about it. It's basically all on me. All the repairs are on me or the homeowner who's affected by a neighbor's tree. Well, the whole idea of a registered letter is kind of not actually true. Uh, yeah. There has that proved something. Okay. Now, it's not a bad idea by any stretch. Uh, but uh, yeah, you, you see something that uh, needs to be repaired or taken care of like that, you are supposed to tell them. Uh, now, if it actually does come down and it does actually do damage, uh, well, you know, you got a harder road to hoe, but I don't know that that's a death knell for you. Now, whether or not the insurance companies will jump on it and go that way is a whole different issue. Insurance companies don't make money by saying, okay, we'll pay out this claim. Yeah. Uh, that's why you get an attorney involved and then they start going. Uh, the rule of thumb is if somebody damages you, well, you know, there's some responsibility there. Yeah, and I, I got to tell you, I didn't, I really wasn't thinking of giving the neighbor the bill anyway, because I want to try to maintain at least some semblance of neighbor to neighbor, right? So, but it was an eye opener for me because I said to my um, myself, I said, "Hey, self, so does that mean I should send a letter, a registered letter, to all the neighbors on all three sides of my house, saying, "Hey, I'm worried about your trees." Uh, I mean, just to protect, I, I'm, I'm using this as an example for our listeners on the radio show. If, yeah. you've got, if you've got a neighbor's tree, don't think if it comes down on your car or worse or your fence, it's just a matter of handing over the bill and letting the neighbor's insurance company pay yeah. it. The insurance companies will set up of, uh, arbitrary, you know, goalposts that you've got to run through um the like i said if you see something up there and you don't do anything about it well that actually can be a you know uh, uh some sort of offset you know oh hey well i didn't know it was you know like that you should have told me if you saw it um but uh you know if somebody damages you uh yeah. there's going to be some uh, recourse, whether or not the insurance companies automatically jump on it is a whole other ball of wax. Well, so just and put a period at the end of this sentence here on this topic. So the tree that is in question is an enormous tree, but it looks perfectly healthy. So I, yeah. it from my standpoint, and I, I make this example for all listeners, if you look at your neighbor's tree and they look healthy, how are you know, going to know that a wind you is going to, you're not. So you're not. Yeah. So that, that <laughs> statement, insurance companies don't make money by saying yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you're saying if you push hard, then they might acquiesce. If you get deals with insurance companies, then, you know, you've got uh, a little bit more weight going on. So you're saying hire an attorney if I wanted to push. I'm not going to, but I'm just saying. Absolutely. That would be the way to do. It. All right, and I know exactly yeah. who to send you to. So. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I've sent you a couple of people this week who have had problems, and I said, "Listen, if Chuck doesn't do it, <laughs> he knows someone who will and can do it." So just remember yeah. that. 
I'll, I'll give you Chuck's number out, folks, in a second. Camille writes in, she says, when I bought my home a year ago, my realtor recommended Home Warranty Company. She said, I didn't need to need anything fixed until last week when my water heater went on the fritz, at which point she called the Home Warranty. They sent out somebody who said the water heater was never installed properly, and so it's not covered by the Home Warranty Company. And so she's wondering on a legal basis, does she take action against the home warranty company? They're going to say that it's a pre-existing condition caused yeah. because it wasn't installed properly. I don't know how much she can push that if if what if that is actually the case. Um, but it seems to me that there might have been a, an inspection or, or something like that done prior. Um, and how how long has it been since she bought the place? She says about a year. So, and she's still with the warranty company. Yeah. And it's been working fine all that time. Yeah. That, that yeah. sounds, uh, yeah. A little iffy, huh? So let me give yeah. a suggestion. You need to, Camille, go back to your, agent that you worked with because many times agents who work with home warranty companies have a working relationship with the home warranty company and they simply make a call to the people and go hey listen this is a great area we take care of it this is a good client and you'd be surprised how many times that actually takes care of it moving on johnny is selling his house when he bought it he knew he was in a floodplain. But his mortgage company, Randy, did not require that he get flood insurance. Does that make sense? He bought the house, did it was in a floodplain, and the mortgage company did not require him getting flood insurance. Well, two things could happen in that scenario. Number one, they just flat missed it. Or number two, he could be in a floodplain where the house sits is not in a floodplain. Ah, it could be part it. of the property is you hit so it. one or and, two things yep. happen there nail on the head apparently he writes he says only a small portion of the property is actually in the floodplain he's getting some pushback now that he's trying to sell it from prospective buyers because he has to say it's in a floodplain so is it possible to purchase a home so chuck you're in on this as well is it possible to purchase a home in a floodplain and not get flood insurance i think randy says yes but now, Chuck, does he have to say in the multiple listing service that he's in a floodplain? Is that required? Definitely put that in there. Yeah. Uh, because something that's easily discoverable. But, you know, if he did an elevation study or something like that, showing yes. the, just include that with it. What you can do is just put in that part of the property is in the floodplain, but the, the home, the actual home is not in the floodplain. So you're not required to have flood insurance which is a huge difference. I mean, two to $500 difference in payment a month. Uh, so yes, you could just say, hey, part of it, and, and that is not required by most lenders, all lenders I know of. If you're not, if your house is not in the floodplain, then you do not have to get flood insurance. That's a gr That's perfect. Use those words. And Chuck, you don't see anything illegal with that, right? By putting that in the no. MLS. No, no. All right, moving on. Fred says he moved into a home and he uh, scheduled some deliveries. He realized that an Amazon package was stolen off his front porch. Fred's wondering, what can you do to protect yourself against? And this is not an isolated case. We're hearing more and more about porch pirates, I guess is what they're called. So 
uh, Randy, Chuck, either of you mm-hmm. two have any suggestions? I've got some, but I thought maybe that you two might come up with a couple of suggestions. How do you prevent stuff from being stolen off your front porch or in the hallway of your apartment building, condo, whatever? Any suggestions on your end? Yeah. I've I've got that uh, uh, code, whatever the Amazon guy can put it in my garage. Ah. It door and lowers it. So is that? Do you just give Amazon the code to your, or is there a special Amazon something like that? Okay. Yeah. So, so I'll come home and I'll find stuff in the garage. That that's a I didn't know that that was available, but that's good. I think people are should know. It's also free. Even better. Love the word free. So some suggestions, Fred, ask your neighbors if they held it for you, because maybe someone saw that there was a package delivered and they're holding it for you, waiting for you to come by and pick it up. It's also a good way to meet your neighbors. You can bring it, use uh, Chuck's philosophy, just bring over a cheesecake or something and and say, hey, I'm your new neighbor. Your package may have been delivered to the wrong home. That's another suggestion. Call your carrier. Ask if they have a picture of the package location. You may have already received one via email or text. Scrutinize it carefully. Make sure that it's not actually on somebody else's porch. If you look at it and you see that's the problem, then try to figure out what the other porch uh, that it's delivered to and contact your carrier as well and let them know they put it on the wrong place. You can also contact the seller and ask for a replacement or a refund. You can report the theft to authorities, though I don't know how much they'll do. Contact your bank. Your credit card may offer purchase protection services that will refund the cost of a stolen purchase. And for future concerns, invest in ways of preventing these porch pirates, such as a home security doorbell with a camera. I don't know if Randy and Chuck, if you have one, but I've got one of the Nest cameras tied to my phone. Mm-hmm. It alerts me, and when they ring the doorbell, I also get alerted. But it's right. good, it, it keeps a video record of who's been to your house, and you can tell, right? So those are some things that could help you with um, potential porch pirates because it's getting a little crazy out there. And as uh, things change, I think we're going to see problems like that. Chuck, Jonathan writes in, he closed on his new home, and last week in the cellar had two days to pack up and get out of the house. So there was a post-possession in place. The seller says the moving company got the dates wrong, and the seller says he needs a day or two extra before he can actually move out of the house completely. Jonathan, who's the buyer, says, I've got painters coming in. I need to get in to get the house what are my rights as a new buyer, Chuck? Well, you know, that's going to be the same uh, situation you run into whenever you leave anybody in possession of your house. He's got some tenants. Now, hopefully his uh, possession agreement, post-closing pers- uh, possession agreement includes some penalties and maybe a confessed judgment or something like that. But if somebody's peaceably occupying your house, you have to evict them. That's 45 five days. So once you keep that in mind, well, then maybe it'll uh, temper how you handle uh, the things. Swearing to the guy, you know, add him up hill and down that you're going to go get the cops to kick him out. Well, that's nonsense. You can't do that. Um, you actually have to go through the courts. Uh, now, I got to say, in 30 years, I've seen situations that are, you know, look like they're coming to the edge, but they usually work themselves out in a couple of days. So just take a breath, you know, get the guy to uh, uh, maybe pony up some money before you do that post-closing agreement uh, that you can hang on to, something like that. That's a good well, idea. question for you, Chuck. I, I yeah. have a question. On, on that scenario, if someone closed 
on a home and they were had they took possession immediately the 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 seller decides to stay in the house yeah do they have to go through the 45 day process yep. in that situation wow <laughs> yeah uh, the whole idea is if you are in peaceable possession that is to say you allowed them to be there and then they aren't gone well you know, but what you, if you did not allow them? Let's say that you go to the closing and, and you take possession of it right there and they get their checks, they get all that, but then they right. decide they, they want to stay. And you get the key. I mean, you as the buyer, and you get, get the, the key. key. Uh, let's look at the different options. You get the cops to show up. Okay. The cops are going to immediately realize that uh, there were a few Shively cops that got sued for, a, oh, I think it was the judgment in excess of a million dollars. Uh, for just tossing someone out uh, when they didn't have the right to do it. Um, oh. But uh, that was a while back. But what they'll do is they'll say, hey, you know, uh, how do we know that they're not supposed to be here? Their driver's license has that address. They've got utility bills going to that address. Oh, They're man. squatter. You got yourself a squatter. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Oh, wow. We're going to take a break and move on. Incidentally, if you're thinking about selling your house, there not everything ends the way Chuck just described, by the way. No. <laughs> I'm thinking either tell this. You that this scenario, <laughs> yeah. two years, uh, maybe a handful of times, yeah. and it usually works out within a couple of days. Yes. Yeah. Good, good. Well, if you're <laughs> still thinking now of selling your house, either this year, next year, or beyond, you can have me out. It's free of charge, and there's no um, commitment to use me. But just to come out, we can talk and give you a plan, so at least you know what's involved and how to move forward if you decide to sell. You can just give me a call on my cell phone, 376-5483, or go to bobsellmyhome.com. And let's fill out the form and I'll come out and see you. We're taking a break with us, Chuck Crosby, the Crosby Law Offices. They do a great job of getting your loan closed. Not to mention Chuck can also help you with a will and there are many other things. You can reach Chuck, 499-6360. And then Randy Rocky, Swan Financial, 6450736. They do a fabulous job of getting you qualified and getting your loan to the closing table, which most likely could be at Chuck Crosby's office. And you can reach me, Bob Sekoler, anytime to help you with selling your home. We also have 12-plus agents who can get out there and help you find your next home. All you need to do is one thing. Give me a call, 376-5483. We are back in a moment on News Radio 840 WHAS. I'm Chuck Crosby, a real estate attorney here in Louisville with Crosby Law Offices. I've been practicing real estate law, fixing problems, and helping people for over 22 years. So if you're a buyer looking for advice, information, or professional closing services, call me. If you're a property owner, real estate professional, you have a problem, you just can't fix it, call me. If you're a landlord and you're having problems with your tenants, call me. Again, I'm Chuck Crosby with Crosby Law Offices. You can reach me at 499-6360. This has been a paid advertisement. Need a home loan or refinancing? You need to talk to Randy Rocky at Swan Financial. Why have they become so popular? Because of our programs, our service, and our competitive rates. And now listen to this new program from Swan Financial. Yes, we have a 1% down program that also you will get 2% grant money from the investor. Call Randy Rocky today at 866-766-1920. Swan Financial, NMLS 2473 and 26. 
1-800-926-3362. Equal housing opportunity. Call for additional cost information. Other restrictions may apply. Shopping for a home? The place to start is REMAX Properties East. Experienced, caring, top-producing agents who service all of Louisville and surrounding areas. On your computer or on your smartphone, head to homesinlouisville.com and sign into one of the most advanced home search sites in the country. That's homesinlouisville.com. Residential or commercial real estate, let the award-winning agents at REMAX Properties East help. Take the first step in your house hunting journey. Visit homesinlouisville.com or call 425-6000 today. Hi, I'm Barbara Corcoran. I built the number one brokerage firm in New York City by marketing luxury homes to the most qualified buyers. What makes the difference today in your area? The same thing, custom marketing to the right buyers. In Louisville, the agents with the best marketing plan are Bob and Greg Sikola. Their personalized marketing sells more homes for more money. If they can't find the right buyer on your deadline, they will buy it. Get the best marketing for your home. Go to resellouisville.com and put more money in your pocket. News Radio 840 WHAS, Bob Sekoler, the Louisville Real Estate Show here with you until the top of the hour. We continue with our show and lots of your questions coming in. Chuck Crosby, the Crosby Law Office is staying with us, 499-6360. Randy Rocky, Swan Financial at 6450736. And you can reach me anytime on my cell phone to help you. We'll talk about the process of getting sold at 3765483 my thanks to Barbara Corcoran is of Shark Tank fame you may have seen her uh, Greg and I son Greg who's off today is going we're going up the end of uh, of August to, uh, to see her and meet with her again back to questions here from you again we're doing the Zoom show which means you email us the question bob at wesellouisville.com radio question in the subject line and then the question in the body that'll get it to us Paul wrote in asking us about selling his home. He got $20,000 more than it was listed for and was hoping the appraisal would show it was worth that amount of money and that he should be getting a check for $20,000 over list. But Paul read something about appraisal waivers tightening. Randy, he's wondering what that means. Chuck, if you have any input as well, Mm -hmm. the appraisal's next week and maybe his house won't appraise and will it go through? He's wondering about that. Guys, so I, I, I appraisal waivers tightening would the, the reason that's happened is because they're going up in value so much. But in that scenario, you, you uh, the appraisal usually would if someone's putting 20 percent down on mm-hmm. a uh, on a house and they bought it for what they consider a reasonable number, you'll get an appraisal waiver. But anything less than 20 percent appraisal waivers are very, very, very rare. So that's that's uh, an appraisal waiver scenario. So they at least have to put twenty percent down. And with the market's going, what is done, it's it makes it tough for four appraisal waivers altogether. Yeah, especially now. So one of the things that many agents are still asking for, if possible, is an appraisal guarantee. So let's mm-hmm. say the house is yep. listed at two hundred thousand, and the the offer that came in was two hundred and twenty thousand. But it also includes an appraisal guarantee between the two hundred and two hundred twenty thousand that the buyer would right. come out of out of his pocket with the twenty thousand if the appraisal came in low. So mm-hmm. that's one of the things. But Pulse doesn't sound like like you've got that. Be concerned that you may not get as much as you thought. It really all it comes down to what does 
the appraiser think the day that he or she is out there looking at the house and will come up with the numbers. We move on. Chuck, Amanda writes in. She says, uh, I emailed a while back about our homeowner association or lack of when we purchased the house 33 years ago. <laughs> there was not one or an association fee. If there were no covenants and conditions when Amanda purchased the home, are there rules that say she has to abide by the covenants and conditions that are now in place, supposedly based on what she's hearing? That's a big ball of wax. There are, if it's a subdivision, I can almost guarantee that there are all sorts of CCRs and and uh, you know master deeds and whatnot like that. So it's not that they don't exist. The question is, have they passed? along the way because of lack of use. Well, there's a lot of different rules that apply to that. It depends on how long that's been, et cetera, et cetera. Um, if, however, that she's talking about new rules and regulations being instituted after she's already moved in, uh, that's not something she agreed to when she moved in. The whole idea of having these restrictions is that you know about them, you're, you're bound by them when you buy the property, not that they throw them in afterwards, unless they use uh, a uh, a procedure that's already been approved. Uh, you just can't make that stuff up uh, out of thin air. Uh, so it 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 would be a bit of a question of fact at this at this point as to whether she's talking about a chicken before an egg. So what do you suggest? Her uh, seek legal yeah. representation? Yeah, all that stuff of record. And uh, it's easily found out. You can just look it up. It's uh, usually supposed to be recorded in the county clerk's office. Uh, so uh, her deed would probably actually reference uh, enough information for her to go take a look at it herself. If she needs an attorney, give me a call. Yeah, you can't just arbitrarily choose to create these rules. So she needs to do some due diligence or have an yeah. attorney, yeah, hire an attorney to do the due diligence. Right. I'm not yep. sure what the actual problem is, but there obviously is a, a problem that she wants to have, try to have settled. All right, moving forward here, Randy, Billy sent us an email. He's looking to buy his first house. He's uh, not found the right one yet, but he's fearful mm -hmm. with the Fed movement this past week yeah. and mortgage rates that go up and down in the near future. Can he lock in a rate? now before he finds his home that's a really good question great question so we can lock in up to one year you're kidding and on a to be determined property yes up to one year so yes he can are there any penalties or are there any fees that he's going to pay if he locks in a well year if he does it six months or less there's no cost up front if he does it over six months with us on a to-be-determined property, which means doesn't have a property in mind, then there is three-quarters of a point, but we give that back accredited at closing. So, for example, on a $300,000 loan, we would need like uh, $2,200, but then we take it off at closing. Now, here's the other beauty. If rates drop, we will do a one-time float-down for them. If they go up, then he's locked in. So they, they also get a one-time float-down for free. It's amazing. It's amazing product we have. That is amazing. And I got I got a feeling a lot of people's eyes just open. And I'm sure Billy is rather thrilled with the fact that you can lock in. So 
Again, we're going to have uh, Randy's contact information. Billy, just call us. <laughs> yeah, we're going to, we'll give Billy the contact information uh, again. So good stuff. All right. So wrapping up, because we're out of time. Great information here. The rates didn't, the Fed, yes, said yes, we're bringing rates up uh, three quarters of a, of a point, basically. But the, the interest rates are still steady, heady, steadying at five and a half-ish. I can say that Randy can't because they fluctuate so much. If you are thinking about selling your home, please don't hesitate. I'll come out. We can talk uh, about how to get it on the market, what the plans should be. It's free and no obligation. And you can reach out to me at 376-5483. My thanks to Chuck Crosby of the Crosby Law Offices. You can reach Chuck and his team anytime at 499 6360. By the way, you look very dapper today in your tie. Yeah. Getting dressed up early in the morning on a Sunday. Also, Randy Rocky, Swan Financial. They do a great job of not only getting a loan closed to Chuck and his people, but they also have some great programs that, as you were listening a moment ago, was a pretty good, interesting insight for a lot of people, including our listeners. Being, uh, being able to lock in a half a year to a year before you find your home. That is good information. You can reach Randy at 6450736. And again, uh, my email, if you want to reach out to me, we have a free no obligation booklet that will help you with hundreds of tips, getting your home ready on the market. It's free. Again, no obligation. Send me an email, bob at com. Put selling tips in the subject line or just you give me a call. Three seven six five four eight three. We're out of time. See you next Sunday right here on News Radio eight forty WHAS.